What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoop Heads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Daily Thunder, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, At the Buzzer, and Cavaliers Fast Break. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoop heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. Last Wizards game, um, they lost. <laughs> I had a pretty positive podcast. I had a pretty positive outlook on that one. Um, this game, the Wizards won, and this is this is not going to be fun. Um, that game was like, that was an absolute train wreck. That was a disaster. That was really, really ugly. Um, the Wizards barely won a game against a team that they should have absolutely blown out. Um, and they just handled everything down the stretch, like, really, really poorly. Like, I was, that was, like, the least impressive win for a team I've ever seen in my life. Um, so the Wizards just beat the Toronto Raptors, um, 131 to 129. Um, that win, um, by the way, like, congratulations, basically clinched a spot in the playing game. Um, so I guess that's a small celebration <laughs> that you can have. Um, but the Wizards, they push the record to 31 and 36 with the win, and the Raptors fall down to 27 and 40 with the loss. Um, coming into this game, the Raptors were pulling up. Um, 15th in point of retro in the NBA, which is um, with a point of retro of minus 0.0, which is obviously, you know, right? <laughs> exactly average where you'd expect them to be with a point of retro of zero. Um, their win differential is actually the worst in the league with minus 5.4, which means that they've lost five and a half more games than they'd expected to lose with their point differential, um, which is it basically means they're obviously like they're a way better team than the record shows. Like you can tell that if you watch any Raptors game where they actually have their guys, um, which you know, I'll touch on in a second. Um, but yeah, their offense rating is 14th in the NBA with an offense rating 112.8. And their defense rating is 15th in the NBA with a defense rating of 112.8. Um, I want to pull up the Raptors injury report super quick because it was, it was a disaster. Um, let's see. So starting center, Dan Baines was out. Um, other guy who starts center sometimes, Chris Boucher was out. Um, starting small forward, OG Ananobi was out. Backup small forward who starts in place of OG Ananobi when he's out. Um, Yuta Wananabe was out. Um, 
their best player, Kyle Lowry, was out. Um, and then Paul Watson, who comes off the bench and he plays some solid minutes sometimes, he was out. Um, so they had five rotation players um, and three starters who were out um, against a team that was already, you know, kind of struggling. Um, just to just name some guys that, you know, were featured in this game from the Toronto Raptors. Um of guys, you know, some fans might not have ever heard of in their entire lives. Um, Freddie Gillespie. Um, I actually really like him. Uh, he played at Baylor last year. He started at like D3 at like, I don't even remember the school's name. Um, but he played 17 minutes in this game. Malachi Flynn, first round pick. I think it was a 29th pick in the draft. Played 16 minutes in this game. Rodney Hood, coming off an Achilles injury, um, has looked not very good at all this year. Played 12 minutes. DeAndre Bembry um, was not a rotation player last year on the Atlanta Hawks. Um, played 24 minutes. And Jalen Harris. Um, was Jalen Harris drafted? Is the trivia question of the day. I don't... I think he was. Yeah, he was a 59th pick in the draft um, last year. And he played eight minutes in this game. Um, and that's, you know, they only had 10 available guys. And those were half of them. Um, they started Stanley Johnson, who was not in a rotation last year for the Raptors. Um, they started Ken Birch who got bought out about a month ago, but he's actually looked pretty good. Um, and then, obviously, they have Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr. Um, by the way, Gary Trent Jr. has been out for a while. Um, Fred Van Vliet's also been dealing with injuries, and then Pascal Siakam. Um, and that's the team that you just played, and you beat by two points in overtime. Um, like, that's not impressive at all. Um, so, yeah, just to go over the four factors for this game and overview um, type stuff, the Wizards' offensive rating in this game was 118.2, which was in the 67th percentile. Raptors' offensive rating for this game was 117.3 in the 64th percentile. Effective field goal percentage for the Wizards is 50.5 in the 29th percentile. Raptors was 51.4 in the 35th percentile. Wizards' turnover rate was 13.6. Um, Raptors was 11.8. Wizards' offensive rebound rate was 34 and Raptors was 33.9 both of those right around the 90th percentile Wizards free throw rate was ridiculous so it was 38.3 which is good for the 98th percentile and the Raptors was at 20 which is in the 58th percentile um just to go over some of the box score numbers um for this game Anthony will start and play nine minutes and score zero points it was minus 20 in nine minutes that's hilarious um Bradley Beal played 45 minutes had 28 points uh, 11 to 22 shooting five to seven at the line so 28 points coming on um, 25 and a half shooting possessions. Russell Westbrook um, had 13 points, 17 assists, 17 rebounds, fouled out, um, shot 5 and 19 from the field, six or seven turnovers, um, and fouled out tackling a guy in overtime. Uh, I'll talk about that, but that, that was interesting. Um, Howe Neto was awesome tonight. Um, he's been really, really good when he's been starting. Had 25 points, 7 11 from the field, 6 to 6 at the line. Um, so 25 points coming on 14 shooting possessions is ridiculously efficient. Um, yeah, coming off the bench, Robin Lopez, he closed the game um, for the first time in a while. Um, got to the line 14 times, made 12 of his free throws. Um, he was 6 of 8 for the field, 12-14 um, in the line. So 24 points coming on a really, really efficient 15 shooting possessions. Um, Bertans was 3 of 8 from the 3-point line and 5-5 five five from 3 for 14 points. Um, that's pretty much it for the significant Wizards players. Um, for the Raptors, Pascal Siakam scored 44 points, um, 17 of 28 from the field, 8 of 11 at the free throw line. So those 44 points coming on 33 and a half shooting possessions, really, really efficient night to be scoring that many points. Um, Gary Trent Jr. at 25 points, just 5 of 10 from 3. That's a big reason why he scored so many points. 8 of 16 from the field, 4 fourth of the line. Um, Fred Van Vliet had 22 points, 4 of 12 from 3, um, 7 of 25 from the field. So not super efficient. You know, I'll talk about that actually um, later. 
And that's pretty much it for significant. I guess Ken Birch had 17 points on 7-11 from the field, 2-2 at the line. A lot of those looks were dunks. Um, couple threes, one three in there for him. Congratulations, Ken Birch. Uh, that's pretty much it for the significant Raptors, guys. Um, the first thing I want to go through a little bit is the down-the-stretch stuff because it was ridiculous. Um, I'll talk about overtime first, and then I wrote down the last minute of regulation, but I don't really want to go through that because there was overtime. Um, so, yeah, I'll start. Um, with about a minute left. I want to see where Bradley Beal made that one shot. Um, yeah, so let's start with like around 45 seconds left. Um, it was Bradley Beal. Um, they set him off a pin down, and then he got the ball and then came off a came off a um, step-up screen with an empty strong side. I thought that was a pretty nice play design. Um, he got downhill against um, Kem Birch, who kind of blew the ice a little bit because um, that's the coverage that they're running against that particular action. Um, but it was kind of hard because they did flip the screen to a step up. I'll talk a little bit about more about that later. Um, but Beal came downhill, um, got the and, and one, um, and then missed the free throw. But that play put the Wizards up by four points. Um, the next play down, um, Pascal Siakam. The Wizards got the offensive rebound. Um... And then called a timeout. Or no, no, no. So that was a play where on the Beal um, free throw, um, the the referees called a foul on um, Robin Lopez on the free throw. And then um, Scott Brooks, with the greatest challenge in the history of challenges, um, called a challenge. They flipped the call from Robin Lopez fouling Ken Birch to Ken Birch fouling Robin Lopez. So the Wizards got two free throws, and Robin Lopez hit both of them. That put the Wizards up by six at that point. And then, you know, you with most normal teams, a six-point lead with 45.5 seconds left, I'd be curtains. The game would be over. Um, oh, I did not mean to do that. Okay, so I want to look at the ESPN win probably model when um, that play happened. Um, so at that point, ESPN gave the Wizards um, a 90. No, that's not right. I want to go a little bit further back. So they gave them a 93.6% chance to win. Um, but, you know, knowing the Wizards, watching Wizards game, being a Wizards fan, obviously no lead is safe with them. Um, just <laughs> um, So, yeah, so the next play, um, Fred Van Vliet misses a layup. Um, they get a rebound, um, and then DeAndre Bembry tips it in. Um, you know, pretty routine play. Like, you give them two points, you're up by six. It's not that big of a deal. Um, the next play um, is a play where they get it into Russell Westbrook. Um, the Raptors are trying to lightly foul him. Um, he double dribbles. The refs didn't call it. He gets fouled on a pass. They don't call it. But then he turns it over. DeAndre Bembry gets a steal. He kicks it out to Gary Trent Jr. He has a decent look. He has Neto closing on him. He doesn't shoot. He dribbles it back out. It's a four-point game. It's a four-point game with 20 seconds left. You have the ball in your hands. You have a decent look. You have to shoot it if you're Gary Trent Jr. He doesn't. He dribbles out. He's standing at the midcourt line. I have no clue what Gary Trent Jr. was thinking. Dribbling out the clock with 15 seconds left. You have to go get a three-pointer as quickly as possible. You're down by four points. He doesn't. Westbrook is furious because he thought he got fouled. Um, it was a light foul. Like, you know, just play defense. You're going to win the game. Um, if you just play defense for 15 seconds, um, make sure they don't hit a three. He goes and he tackles Gary Chen Jr. <laughs> he tackles Gary Chen Jr. Yells at the ref. He's insanely lucky he didn't pick up a technical or that wasn't called a flagrant or anything. So he fouls out on this absolutely ridiculously stupid play. Um, and then he was, you know, basically, you know, head down, sitting on the bench the rest of the game. Um, that was a Pretty bad look for Westbrook. Um, you know, he plays with a lot of emotion. A lot of times it really, really works out well for him. Um, in this particular instance, it didn't. Um, but 
you know, it's part of the deal with Westbrook. Like, you get his passion um, for the most part. It's really, really good. And then you do have these occasions where it's just really, really ugly. Um, honestly, like, I'd rather have someone that's too passionate and will do some stupid stuff because he wants to win and he loves the game a lot than, you know, have someone who's on the other side of the spectrum. Um, but you do have to, like, you have to point these out. Like, it's noticeable. Um, but, you know, thinking about it now, it's like, it happens. <laughs> but, like, still, that was absolutely ridiculous. That was, like, inexcusably bad. Um so next, next play down, um, the Raptors foul the Wizards. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, so the Raptors foul the Wizards. They foul Robin Lopez. Um, the Raptors actually like almost got a steal here, um, but they didn't. Lopez hits two free throws. The Wizards are up by four. Um, the next play, um, it was just a straight ISO with Pascal Siakam. He ISOs against Chandler Hutchison, who for some reason kept coming in as a defensive substitute. Chandler Hutchison tried to take a charge, when you're up by four points, that's the stupidest, <laughs> the stupidest thing. Why would you ever take a charge if you're up by, f- if you put your hands up and Siakam makes a layup from four feet away from the basket, it's okay. It's only a two point game at that point. You get the ball, you have two chances at the line to either put yourself up three or put yourself up four and win the game. Um, so if you, you know, if you just stand there and put your hands straight up and the other team scores a layup with eight seconds left in a four point game. You live with that. You inbound the ball, you play it out, you hold it, you get fouled, you go to the free throw line, and you trust your shooters to make the shot. Um, whatever you do, you do not foul. You'd rather give up an open layup than foul them. Uh, it's just, it's ridiculously stupid. Of course, Chandler Hutchison, again, he makes another mistake and he fouls. Um, so Pascal Siaka makes a free throw. It's a one-point game. Um, and Garrison Matthews comes in. Um, so then the Wizards, um, they get um, the ball back, um, and they get free throws. Um, they almost turned over on this inbound play, um, but Howell Neto gets free throws. Um, he makes both. Puts the Wizards up by three points with seven seconds left. Um, on the very next play, um, the Raptors run a play where they inbound it to Kemberch at the top of the key. Kemberch flips it back to Fred Van Vliet, who just inbounded the ball. Um, he gets fouled by Davis Bertans, who is hard hedging on the screen. Um, fine with that. You're up by three points. There's five seconds left. You don't want Fred Van Vliet shooting a three. Foul, you know? You can't win the game at the free throw line if you're down by three points and you're only, you know, shooting two free throws. Um, so good foul by Bertans. I don't know if he was trying to foul, but it was a good foul. Um, Fred Van Vliet makes both. It's 130 to 129 with five seconds left. Um, the next play, um, they get it into Garrison Matthews. Um, they literally sent three guys at Beal, you know, anyone but Beal. Um, and then Garrison Matthews misses a free throw, makes a second. It's okay. They're up by two points. The Raptors have no timeouts. It's four seconds left. They have to get down the length of the floor and make a shot. Of course, they sub back in Hutchison. I was terrified Hutchison was going to do something stupid. Siakam gets a 29-foot look. It wasn't the worst look in the world for how much time was left um, in the situation. So it was for the win. Siakam gets a 29-foot um, three-point shot, and he misses. Um, and the Wizards win. Congratulations. Um, I do want to talk, I want to look at if there's anything particularly interesting that I want to talk about in that happened in the last minute. Um, oh yeah, the Scott Brooks refusal to sub out Bertans, um, to sub in Bonga is just mind-boggling to me. Like, if you have a defensive possession, um, and you know that there's going to be a, a whistle at the end of the play, or there's a whistle right before the play, and you're up by points, and like, just sub in Bonga? Like, what are we doing here? Why is Breton? Breton is getting picked apart whenever he's in the game. Like, even in non-like end of game situations, a lot of actions are right at Breton's, especially against smart coaches, especially like a coach like Nick Nurse, who I think is the best coach in the league. Like, he's going to go at Breton's if you leave him in the game. It's just too easy. And if you have, uh, that's a little bit deeper stuff that I want to get into later. Um, but the one play that was really interesting was that like Stanley Johnson made that one really good play. Um, and it was like, 
it was a um, jump ball with like a one point game. If the Raptors win it, then all of a sudden they have a chance to win. Um, they didn't. Um, but yeah, like, oh yeah. And then at the very end in that, um, you know, the fourth quarter, um, the Wizards didn't foul Y up three, um, which is fine. Like the math on fouling up three is still a little bit iffy um, if you should do it or not. But like, if you don't do it, then you can't let Fred VanVleet First of all, touch the ball. You have to just like be straight up base guarding him. Second of all, you can't let him get a good look at the three. You can't let their best shooter, their best, well, arguably their best player on the court, get a good look at the three. That's just ridiculous. You're up by three points. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, like, it's, it just doesn't make sense. And it was Westbrook. Westbrook was guarding Van Vliet. Like, that was 100% on Westbrook. Westbrook helped off Van Vliet on Siakam for some reason. Um, and then Van Vliet got the ball, and then he jumped by him on a like poor, like, or he like won for the steal or something. Um, and then they got a shot and, you know, tied the game and sent it to overtime. Um, so, yeah, like overall, that game is pathetic. Um, so one big picture thing I want to touch on is um, how the Raptors defended Bradley Beal. Because I think it could 100% be a blueprint for how teams in the plan, like making um, decisions on the fly on how to scheme against Bradley Beal, like kind of a blueprint for how they're going to play. Um, so basically what the Raptors are doing, they took their best perimeter defender, um, or I guess not not their best, but I guess their biggest, longest wing um, who can slide with guards, which was Stanley Johnson, who started in this game because of, obviously, injuries. Like, the, it would have been OG and Anobi if he was available. Um, so they took this guy. They told him, basically, face guard Bradley Beal. Don't let him touch the ball. If he's trying to come off a screen, top lock him. Um, and then if he's on the ball, ice every single screen. Don't let him use the screens. We're going to help. We're going to send two. We're going to have Ken Burt or whoever the center is, um, Freddie Gillespie, like, come up to the level of the screen. We're going to blitz. Um, we're not going to let him do anything. If he tries to um, turn the corner against the blitz, we're going to have whoever's one pass away. We're going to have him help. If Beal kicks it out and we let up, a, let them get a wide open shot, we're going to live with that. Um, and Beal makes a cross corner kick out. We're going to dare him to do that because we know he doesn't like have that playmaking ability. No, we know he did, we know he can't do it. Um, you know, and then if Beal like makes shots over us, we're not going to let that happen. We're not going to let Beal beat us. Um, and at the end, Beal did not beat them. Um, and it was an excellent strategy that worked for the most part. Um, Beal. Like, they got a, a little bit away from it in the second half, and Beal had a little bit more success coming off screens. The Wizards did have some counters in the second half, um, but I thought it was really smart. Um, and you're kind of handing it to them with the rotations you, like that you have. Um, if you put Chandler Hutchinson in the game, Chandler Hutchinson did not get guarded because they're not afraid of him shooting the ball. He's not a, like he's not a very good shooter. He's shown that throughout the um, sample size of his whole entire career in the NBA. Like, he's just not a good shooter. Um, if you throw out Ish Smith, Ish Smith is not a good shooter. If you look at the sample size of his, actually, I do want to look at the sample. I'm pretty interested because I don't think I, because Ish Smith's been in the league for a long time. I don't think I've looked at the sample size of his whole career in terms of shooting. Um, Ish Smith for his career. I want to go to totals on basketball reference. Um, three point attempts. Ish Smith has shot 849 three point attempts and he's a 32.2% shooter. I can't imagine many of those being looks that are that tough. Um, so I put Ish Smith on the floor. He's not going to get guarded. Um, if you put Russell Westbrook on the floor, he's not going to get guarded. If you put Anthony Gill on the floor, they're going to dare him to shoot. They dared Howonetto to shoot all night, even down the stretch in the fourth quarter. And he was five for seven on the night. Um, you know, if you have Alex Len, if you have, um, like, they were leaving Bertans open from one pass away to help on Beal. Um, that's how, like, I've never ever seen a team do that consistently um first of all that's how much nick nurse trusts his rotations that he's built with this team which he's done an absolutely phenomenal job at doing like the raptors in four rotation is like beautiful to watch like it's it's one of my favorite things to watch in the entire nba um 
it's awesome. Um, so the, like, it's like at the, like some of my favorite things to watch, like Luca ball screens, um, you know, LeBron in transition, like it's on that level. Like, um, Nikola Jokic in delay, um, like that kind of stuff that those are my favorite things like Raptors in full, um, rotation on defense. One of my favorite things to watch in the whole league. Um, but yeah, like Nick Nurse trusts his guys that much to leave Bertans from one pass away to help on Beal. Um, and they did an excellent job for the most part. Um, they, I assume it was a little bit of fatigue. Um, I assume like the Wizards did also adjust. Like I'll talk about that. Um, but I thought that that was an awesome game plan. And then if they had more offensive juice, like that easily could have been a 15 point game in the first half if they had like, you know, better creators on the ball offensively. And the teams that you play in the play in, you play in in the play in <laughs> um they're going to have more offensive juice like the hornets have more offensive juice than this iteration of the raptors team like the pacers have more offensive juice than this iteration of the raptors team if they're more healthy obviously and especially if you end up playing like the heat or the celtics they're going to destroy you offensively so like you need to have counters for this and the wizards do um one counter was changing the angle of the ball screens um, so if they're going to ice the screen and you have Stanley Johnson icing it, one thing that you can do is um, change it to more of a step up. Another thing you can do is set the ball screen a little bit higher. That's one thing that the Wizards did a good job of tonight. Um, just giving Bradley Beal more room to try to turn the corner and trying to make that help from one pass away, like make them travel further. Also just sending guys from one pass away a little bit further away from Bradley Beal or having them cut through or whatever. Um, also Bradley Beal's mentality changed a little bit. Um, he was passing the ball better. And I guess not, not his mentality, but his reads, um, his understanding of the Raptors game plan. Um, I'm sure that they went over the film at halftime. Um, well, I will say one thing that, um, I've heard people, a couple of people say on podcasts that Scott Brooks doesn't use his video guys at halftime, which is really weird. Um, but anyways, I'm sure that they talked to him at least at halftime, um, about, um, you know, making the reads, like if they have two guys coming at him and then if he drives, they literally had three guys coming at him when he drove, um, you know, make the right reads and then off the ball using multiple screens. Um, that was one thing that kind of confused the Raptors because they were doing a lot of switching, but at the same time, they weren't doing switching. Like if it was a really well set screen, they would switch it. Um, and if it really wasn't then they would have multiple guys helping off that screen. Um, they did a Bradley, they did a better job. First of all, setting screens, second of all, using multiple screens to try to get Bradley be open more on the ball. Um, you know, like, one thing I really want the Wizards to do is have Bradley Beal initiate offense. Um, that's what something I've been asking for. But anyways, um, so yeah, they did a better job of that. Like the Wizards did a better job of making Bradley Beal's life a little bit easier tonight, um, you know, in that second half. And that's like an adjustment I like to see. But like they're going to have to really, really think about how they're going to play against a defense like that. Because like if you're playing in the playoffs, that's 100% what a team's going to do. Like if you lose a game because Neto goes five for seven from three, if you're an opposing team, you live with that at the end of the day. Um so ways to adjust from that. First of all, what the Wizards did. Second of all, um, Bradley Beal initiating offense. You don't need Russell Westbrook to initiate offense um, if their whole defense scheme is skewed towards stopping Bradley Beal um, off the ball. Um, you can have Bradley Beal initiate offense and then immediately create advantages by setting a ball screen and then just automatically having the team in full rotation every time you set a ball screen for one player. Take advantage of that. Um, you know, have like run like empty side actions and like see what they do. Um, run an action with like Bertans in the deep strong side corner and run like a high ball screen um and then like have like Bertans is the only guy there like I don't know run like stack like do interesting stuff like try some stuff out um you're gonna need to have plays generated by the time that the Wizards get to play in and potentially the playoffs to play against that style of defense because I am certain that a team is going to at some point try to play that style against the Washington Wizards um like this is kind of blueprint this is the kind of foundation this is the kind of thing that you'd see in the playoffs like not guarding Russell Westbrook that's a playoff level strategy um 
You know, some teams, like, it's hard to game plan for a single game. The Raptors, like, credit to Nick Nurse. Again, he did a phenomenal job of game planning for a single game. Um, Russell Westbrook offensively killed the Wizards tonight, just straight up, like, because he didn't need to be guarded. If you don't need to be guarded, um, what, are you, what are you doing out there if, you're not, if you don't have the ball in your hands? Like, he's not cutting. He has, like, no off-ball gravity because he just refuses to cut. Uh, I don't know. Like, it's probably a fatigue thing. He's pretty old. Um, so, like, it, that's fine. But, like, he doesn't need to be out there for 44 minutes. Like, Westbrook did not give you very much tonight. Um, he, you know, again, typical, like, he was bad on defense, gave you nothing off the ball. Um, and then on the ball, he didn't give you a ton. Like, yeah, he can run some ball screens, but he has to give you more. Um, he just does. Um, so, like, that's the kind of thing with Russell Westbrook. Is like, he's an awesome regular season player. If you have him as, like, your secondary creator like the Wizards do. And then he gets super, super shaky in the playoffs because of his inability to shoot the ball, his poor decision-making at times on the ball, and then his poor defense. Like, it's tough. That's why it's so tough to, you know, make it really far in the playoffs with Russell Westbrook as one of the key members of your basketball team. Um, and, you know, they kind of shine a light on that tonight. Um, so one thing I will say rotationally is that Garrison Matthews needs to play more minutes. He played 10 minutes in this game. He's like the perfect counter to what the Raptors were trying to do. Um, and the fact that he didn't play more minutes is like mind boggling to me. Um, 10 minutes for Garrison Matthews. He, first of all, he can shoot the ball. That's exactly what you need against a team that was running that strategy against Bradley Beal. Um, second of all, he tries really hard on D. Like he's a better defender than Chandler Hutchison. I do not think that Chandler Hutchison is a better defensive player than Garrison Matthews. Chandler Hutchison is an absolute disaster. Chandler Hutchison should not be getting minutes. There's no way Chandler Hutchison should be playing more minutes than Garrison Matthews. What does he give you? What does he give you? He can't defend guards. His footwork is awful on the perimeter. He's not strong enough to really, really stick with like fours. All he can do is guard some threes who like aren't that good on the on ball and like aren't that quick. And then like on offense, he can cut. But if he has the ball in his hands, he's not a great decision maker. He takes bad shots. He's like in love with this floater that he can't make and he can't shoot. There's no point of having Hutchison out there. He's pointless. Like, no offense to him. I hope his family's not listening to this or anything, but, like, you shouldn't have him out there. It doesn't make sense. Um, so him playing 13 minutes, Garrison Matthews playing 10 minutes is mind-boggling to me. Um, Ish Smith playing 19 minutes. He's not needed out there. In a game like this, in a high-leverage game where the team really, really game plans and they have a strategy to stop your main guy, who's Bradley Beal, you don't need Ish Smith because he's not going to get guarded. He gives the defense an easy way out to execute their game plan to perfection, um, which is what, like, he was terrible. He was purposeless tonight. And, like, he can't defend Fred Van Vliet. He can't defend, like, the opposing team's guards. There's no point in having, like, what are you going to do? Guard, like, you're not playing against Jalen Harris in the playoffs. You're not. You're, like, he he can't do anything in the playoffs. He just can't. Um, like, Daniel Gafford played 15 minutes. If anything, this is a game that Daniel Gafford should have played more. Um, like, I'm saying, like, every single podcast, like, I think that Daniel Gafford has a lot of stuff to work on. But he gives you a little bit more scheme versatility in terms of switching on to Pascal Siakam, in terms of helping at the rim against Pascal Siakam, and then in terms of helping at the level of the screen against Fred Van Vliet, daring Fred Van Vliet to try to turn the corner and finish on Daniel Gafford. Daniel Gafford is the perfect guy for this particular game. And then giving some rim gravity when, Brad, when like, setting a screen for Bradley Beal, like, running things like stack with Bradley Beal and Daniel Gafford, um, you know, running actions off the ball with, like, um, Daniel Gafford sending back screens and stuff for Bradley Beal that makes a ton of sense this is a game that Daniel Gafford has to be playing more than 15 minutes like Alex Len no offense to Alex Len like he was fine tonight but this is more of a Daniel Gafford game than like Alex Len played 14 minutes Daniel Gafford played 15 minutes why are we even starting Alex Len anymore like hopefully in the playoffs like I, it becomes more matchup dependent like Anthony Gill actually I'm fine with Anthony Gill because he can actually like shoot the ball like he wasn't good at all tonight but like the theory of him is like being a guy that can shoot the ball has a higher motor and can grab some defensive rebounds I'm actually not mad with him playing nine minutes, even though he looked bad out there. Um, and Hal Neto, like 39 minutes, 
I'm good with that. Um, he can shoot. He defends. He's the best point of attack defender by far on the Wizards. Um, you know, I'm good with that. Um, Neto playing 39. I love Neto. Um, Neto plays super hard, um, and he can hit shots. And he has a little bit of juice on the ball. He makes good decisions. Um, he can attack closeouts, all that kind of stuff. Like, I'm I'm perfectly fine with how Neto. But at this point in the season, you have five games left until the play-in. Um, and play-in, you're probably going to, most likely, you're going to have two games, and you have to win both of them for your life. Teams are going to game plan. Smart teams are going to game plan. I have no idea what the bases are going to look like at that point because they're kind of imploding right now. But like Nate Bjorken went to the Nick Nurse School of Coaching. Like nothing's stopping Nate Bjorken from calling Nick Nurse and asking him for the manuscript of what happened in this game and just executing that. Like executing the crap out of that with like Edmund Sumner on Bradley Beal and just like tons of like Karis LeVert length helping off the ball. Tons of, I don't even know at this point. Like if they have Miles Turner back for that, which I don't think they would, um, that would be really, really interesting. But like Malcolm Brogdon, um, maybe as a primary on Bradley Beal or like, you know, switching with that. Um, you know, even like um, O'Shea Brissett um, as a guy like helping on Bradley, like they can do some stuff. Like they have some guys. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not as worried about the pace. I'm more worried about like, I'm more worried about the Hornets because their scheme is more tailored like towards what the Raptors did tonight. Like they have a similar scheme defensively. Um, so we'll kind of see. Um, <laughs> yeah, I talked forever, like just going on a rant about the Wizards, uh, how far into this? 27 minutes already? Um, okay, so super quickly, um, when Beal's off the court, the Wizards really, really struggled. Like, that was painful. Westbrook needs to find a way to have success when teams are going under against him, when he's not really getting guarded, when they're really, really helping off guys who can't really shoot. Um, needs to figure that out. Um, Siakam was really, really good tonight. He made some tough shots, but he was also, like, it was, the Wizards were giving up switches so, so, so easily um, with Dallas Bertans. That has to change. That cannot be a thing in the playoffs. Um, or a potential playing game. Like, if Bertans can't guard and he's not really moving off the ball, no reason for him to be in. Um, run some sets where he's moving the ball, stressing out the defense off the ball. If you're not doing that, like, what's the point of him being out there? You're, he's mostly out there for his three-point gravity. Um, and you have to take advantage of that, either by where you place him on the floor or by what you do with him. Um, so, like, you know, got to do better. Um and like Russell Westbrook as the primary on Siaka makes zero sense because Westbrook can't get through a screen to save his life. All they had to do was set a screen with whoever they wanted guarding Pascal Siakam and they would ISO every single time. Um, it was, Siakam was getting easy points. He scored 44 points in this game. A lot of them came off that, that just an action like where you just set a simple screen and he would just attack one-on-one against a poor defender. It's too easy. Like Hutchison can't guard him. Um, Bertans can't guard him. Ishmith can't guard him. Um, even like Westbrook, like even before switch, can't guard him. Anthony Gill can't guard him. They could just switch him on whoever guy they wanted, and he would just go ISO and score. Um, that was painful to watch. Um, Lopez closing, interesting. Like I like Scott Brooks making adjustments, having Lopez close. Lopez played well tonight. Um, he worked well within the defense, like protecting the rim, getting rebounds. Um, you know, drawing doubles sometimes in the post. Um, opening some stuff up for Bradley Beal, setting really really good screens, setting screens at the right angle, which is a really underrated part of basketball. Um, so I like the move of him closing tonight. Um, one question I have, um, for Scott Brooks is that if he would have the balls to bench Russell Westbrook at the end of a game where a team isn't guarding him on offense and he is a liability on defense and a game like this, I truly, truly think that if the Wizards closed with Garrison Matthews instead of Russell Westbrook, it would have looked better out there. Have Bradley Beal bring the ball up, initiate the offense, run sets for him, just like high ball screens or whatever, um, sets where he initiates, um, I think it lo- the offense would have looked better, and I think the defense would have looked way better. Um, I wonder if Scott Brooks would ever have the balls to try that out. I, I'm 100% sure the answer to that question is no. If I were the coach, that's something that I would have experimented with throughout the season. 
Um, but like obviously, like Westbrook is a player making like super max. He has a big ego, and he's Russell Westbrook. So I'll, I don't think you could do it. Um, but that's something that I would think about. So that was pretty long. I want to go through my notes super quick, and then that'll be that for this episode. Um, that was actually pretty fun. <laughs> I talked about a lot of playoff stuff, um, and then eventually I'm gonna have a pod talking about the like giving a play and preview. That's gonna be really really fun. Um, so yeah, first note: Stanley Johnson is hounding Beal off the ball. Yeah, happened all night. Um, when the Raptors get in the full rotation, yeah, the Raptors ball movement was actually like really really pleasant in this game. Like that was fun to watch. Um, Raptors scheme calls for blah blah blah. Talk about that. Um, you know, their team is having a good shooting night when DeAndre Bemery hits two straight threes. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, the Raptors shooting was pretty good tonight. Um, they shot 14 to 38 from three at the end. So yeah, I guess like the shooting luck kind of weird off. Like a lot of the reason they were leading a half was because of that shooting luck. And then it kind of regressed back to the mean um, eventually. So, you know, that kind of happens. Um, Toronto bench units should be getting, getting killed right now, but they're just getting penetration too easily. Like, yeah, like there's no way that Malachi, like Malachi Flynn, I really like Malachi Flynn, but he should not be getting penetration into the paint that easily against your bench unit. Um, just shouldn't be. Um, neither should Giante Bembry. Like, that's embarrassing. Um, let's see. Hutchison's footwork on the perimeter is bad. Yeah. Um, there's this one play where he got he got switched on to um, Fred Van Vliet, and, like, his legs crossed, like, three times, which is, like, not what you're supposed to be doing on defense. Um, that was ugly. Um, Johnson talked about that. Um, making Beal isolate and having him see three bodies and four hands every single time is really tough. His playmaking weaknesses are getting exposed a little here. Um, he fixed that a little bit in the second half, though. I will give him credit for making the personal adjustment with um, how he's reading the game there. Um, Beal starting to make better reads. <laughs> that was my next note. Okay, I talked about that. Um, Raptors offense is slowing down in terms of shot making. Talked about that. Siakam's going to the Wizards right now. Um, talked about that. Um, Lopez, Russell and Siakam. Okay, I talked about all this stuff. Um, yeah, okay, so that's going to do it for this episode. Um, the next Wizards game is... Saturday, I believe, at 7 o'clock against the Pacers. So that's going to be a big one for in terms of the play-in seeding. Again, if you're the 9 seed, assuming all the teams are equal, um, then you have a 25% chance of making the playoffs. And then if you're the 10 seed, you have a 20% chance. So a big-time game against the Pacers. Um, so yeah, definitely check that out. I'll podcast coming out that night or the next day. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoopsWizardsPod. I'll see you next time.